Welcome to the Words of Grace podcast, where we discuss faith journeys, fellowship and stories from across the Diocese of Sheffield. Each week we will feature guests from a broad range of backgrounds and traditions within the Church of England. Our mission is to delve deeper into matters of faith and to ask each guest what has drawn them to Christianity. I'm Paul Sheridan and I'm here with my colleague and co-host Ben Fern. Good to be with you, Paul, as ever. Yes. Now, normally, listener, we sometimes prep a little bit and say, this is what we're going to start off with. But I have no idea where Ben's going to go. So here we go. All I said was mugs. That's the only thing. Oh, I, well, I just with. thought you were talking about me and my general demeanor. But well, Both of us, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, our colleague, Jason, who's got his own very good nerdy podcast, News the Nerd, quick shout out. He has done his own branded mug. So I think he's done two or three with the sort of branding of the podcast and the sort of opening crawl. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Which what do you think, think of that, Steph? Do you think that's I think good? That's amazing. I yeah. think that's amazing. So, what, what? So, are you suggesting that we're going to go mugs? I'm thinking so. Yeah. And are we going to sell them, or are we going to give them away to the best letter of the week? I think the latter. I don't think we it, should. Or does sell that them. turn into like a Radio Two deck, Ant and Deck Possibly. moment where we take the answers, we give it to the people that we like before they write in? I think if we have a few in church house, just like subliminal messaging of like, what is Words of Grace? Bear in mind as well, Jason designed our logo, so it's yeah. a good... It's a great logo. Shout out for him. Yeah, very good. I think Bishop Pete would like to use one of those mugs. Yeah. Very much a friend of the podcast. Absolutely, as is Bishop Sophie. Absolutely. Now, this is a, this is a segue that is so spot on because I had a cup of tea at Church House earlier on, and guess what I was using? Steph, what was I using? A CP mug. A Centenary Project yeah. mug. Which brings us on nicely to our guest. <laughs> so Steph Derbyshire, who's with us, great surname by the way, it's not spelt like that place, though, is it? But it sounds like it, so I'll take it that. It does sound like it. <laughs> Steph is a pastoral worker for the Centenary Project. She grew up in Skello and attended Adwick High School before going on to a youth training scheme afterwards doing office work. She's had lots of office jobs and worked as a teaching assistant and also ran her own day nursery. She's worshipped at All Saints Woodlands almost all her life. She described herself as passionate about sharing Jesus and has two Christian tattoos so she can wear her faith permanently. Um, this advert, sorry, this episode's going out after Way of Faith Fortnite, but it is currently Way of Faith Fortnite as we're recording this. You've got your soul badge on as well, which is fantastic. Indeed. Very on brand. She's married to David with two adult boys and a 14-year-old daughter. She also gained a new grandson last week and has two dogs and a budgie. Steph enjoys cold water swimming, being in nature, eating out, and can also snowboard. Steph, welcome. Thank you very much. That's quite the bio. That's, uh, yeah, yeah, do you think so? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we were just saying off mic, I think the best place to start is sort of the Centenary Project. I think it's a fantastic project across the diocese. Just give us a quick overview of what it is, what it does, and what your role is in it. Okay, so the Centenary Project um, puts children, families, workers, and youth workers in churches uh, that need some support and help um, to bring on uh, growth in churches uh, and disciple young children and families uh, through lo lots of different activities. So it could be through play groups, uh, youth discipleship groups, um, Bible study groups, lots of different things. It's bespoke to each church. So each worker uh, works to that ch church's needs, really. And it's really regenerated and rejuvenated quite a few churches, hasn't it? Yes, sort of it has, yeah. Presence. Yes, we're seeing uh, big increases in numbers across the Diocese of Sheffield. So, yeah, it's a really great um, project. And to be part of that is just such a joy for me. And being part of that project, I suppose, means that you're not just left out 
doing your own thing in a church without some sort of mentoring and background right. and help. Yeah. So you get help from from the the, the project team and the diocese as well to be That's able right. to maintain that and yeah. working with other other people as well. Yeah. So we meet uh, monthly for networking together. Where we all get together and chat and support each other. We have training together. Uh, but my job now, uh, I'm not no longer a children and families worker, uh, but I mentor uh, the workers. So. Uh, People say, what exactly do you do? It involves sitting in coffee shops and drinking lots of coffee, uh, but supporting our workers, uh, setting objectives and then meeting with their line managers and supporting them, you know, just getting them through uh, difficult times, but also celebrating successes together. Uh, sitting in a coffee shop, having a coffee, that's Paul's favourite pastime, I think. <laughs> it is. Do you know what? My expense account is literally that. Uh, favourite coffee shops across the diocese, we could monetize this moment. So favourite coffee shop, which, which is the one Ooh. you really like to get people to go so to? So I'm a big believer in supporting the little individual businesses. Well you. So um, is it, oh, a big shout out now for, is it Rainbow Cafe up in Healy? And also a wonderful place to visit is Healy City Farm. Is, beautiful right. cakes yes fantastic and you can see the animals yeah who and wouldn't we, want to do that Healy's very much a friend of the podcast Amy Hole <laughs> we did a podcast from there that was great and um, it's a really really lovely church actually and they yeah. do some great work there so I live not too far from there I live in Woodseats um, so there's of course Healy City Farm there's also the competing Graves Park Farm as well oh. has some nice animals too do so they have as... a coffee shop oh I don't know if they do well know. that's they have there has been a that's a whole other podcast episode, I think. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but actually, the church there um, at St. Chad's has filled a good need there. We've done a story there before in the diocese um, about opening up the church for coffee mornings with people there, um, which is great. But hearing you speak, Steph, I think the social side of things and connecting with people, that's a big part of what you do within the Centenary Project as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. How, would, how, how do you mean there? Yeah, what, do, what so, are you looking for? So I think in terms of obviously it's encouraging young people into church, but yep. it's making sure they have a place where they feel safe and, and welcome. And that just gives a whole church lift as well, don't you think? Yes, it does, yeah. Building that church community, um, looking at ways that we can encourage youth particularly. And um, are we on Generation Z at the minute? X, Y, Z? Z and Alpha, Zed. I think. Yeah. Are we going to Alpha yeah. now? So I think my niece is a Generation Alpha. Um, that's the one after Z, I believe. Oh, well, yeah. No one for us, I don't think. No, no an old me. millennial myself. <laughs> there, so. I, I get text, okay, boomer. Yes, most, most, <laughs> most weeks, to be fair. So, yeah, when that f first role came up for you, so the family worker role before your current role, what attracted you to it? What made you think, I'm going to go for that? Well, that was quite a story. So, uh, I was a TA in a school, uh, and it, it was quite stressful. There was a lot of pressure, uh, and I felt, uh, you know, I weren't coping very well really in my job. And lots of people were saying, hey, there's a job in Centenary Project and you'd be really great at it in Bentley. Why don't you go? And Bentley's not far from uh, Woodlands where I've been worshipping. Uh, I knew that area quite well. A very similar mining, ex-mining community to Woodlands. Um, but I was like, I'm just waiting for God to tell me. And then lots of people were saying, that job's still there. And I was saying, yeah, I'm waiting for God because I thought God might like, shout Steph go for the job at Bentley but um I'd, as I discovered God doesn't speak to me like that it's through other people and promptings and so uh, I went off work sick not very well and um I applied for the job 
And I really went in a good place and thought, I'm never going to get this job because I'm just not feeling on top of things. Uh, and I got the job and I really believe God called me to Bentley. Um, I loved my work there, uh, but I was there uh, six months and we went into lockdown. So then we had to do everything online, which was great fun because I'm not very IT um, able. And um, yeah, but the work there was great and it grew and we uh, had great little Fisher's play group and uh, Cooper in the car park, which I absolutely loved because we were out uh, on a Thursday morning, come rain or shine, meeting the public. Um, the church is next door to a school, so we had great footfall uh, and just being the church out in the community. And I just felt that um, I was getting paid to share Jesus. So I were really like on it. So I would be offering to pray with people and take them into the building so they could see what a church was like inside. Uh, yeah, and it was really a, a blessing to me to be there. Uh, and the church, it were a blessing to the church <laughs> that I was there. <laughs> I can see that that's lit you up. As soon as you've started to talk about Cupper in the car park, yeah. you become, it's, it's really, it has, it's lit up your face. So. That's obviously right at the core of who you are around Centenary Project and other stuff is is sharing your faith in a real way to your community. Yeah, absolutely. And I think because I was paid for it, I just thought I've got to do it. So I was more um, intentional about sharing my faith and not frightened to share my faith. And I see what God's done in my life and I see a broken, hurt world that needs to know Jesus uh, and that's why uh, I wear my faith most days uh, in T-shirts, in my sweatshirts, in my tattoo, because I want people to know Jesus. You shared with us a fantastic photo of you wearing a, a wearing your faith jumper, which we posted on our socials as well, which I thought was really good. Thank you. I'm wearing the same T-shirt. It's under this uh, God top. This, You know this God top? It says, um, love God and love people. And I wear a scarf, especially if I'm shopping and I don't feel like I am loving people uh, with my shopping trolley, maybe. So sometimes I cover it up so, <laughs> so people can't see that I'm wearing love people. <laughs> but you've lived in that community all your days. So born and brought up in, in Woodlands. Bentley isn't just down the road, isn't it? So, yeah. so that community is right at the heart of what you've been. So when did you start to go to church within that community? What was that story for you? Was it right from the, the get-go or was there something that yeah made you go it was right from the get-go so uh, my mum's a christian uh, my mum took me along to church my dad um, supported my mum in her beliefs but uh, didn't really go to church but yeah i was dragged along to church from a very young age and that was at woodlands at woodlands church yeah um worshiped there all my life uh brought up going to the sunday school and the youth groups and then on to you know older youth groups and then just stayed attending um so yeah I've been part of that church like I say all my life apart from three years out when I went to Bentley and growing up as a Christian in a well we would class it as a deprived area an area with issues around um you know uh, wealth um, deprivation that sort of stuff how did that fit in with your life was that something that was that helped you through it did you find that difficult how did that go I had uh quite um, I wouldn't say privileged life, but I had a, a good life. My dad worked full time. Uh, it would be T engineer. Um, so no, 
I remember seeing uh, through, I remember times in the village when it's been difficult, like the minor strike. So I was a, a teenager seeing that um, and seeing the church support people with food packages, which, you know, they've got food banks now. Um, Woodlands Church is very much like part of the community, supporting people, um, being on the ground where people are. But um, it, the village life there didn't really affect me and how I was brought up and, and my lifestyle. I'd, I had a good life really there. So the church for you has been at the centre of that community all the time you've been there. Yeah. And yeah. So when you go around, you're mentoring other people and you see, you know, churches that are struggling to, to connect with the community... What's the sort of things that you think that we should be doing to bring that into play? So sometimes churches feel quite cut off from their community. Woodland sits in the middle of that yeah. square, doesn't it? Yeah. How do you how do you encourage some of the workers that you work with to say, look, actually, there's a community out there that really needs to know about yeah. you and God through the work that you do? I think a lot of our workers do see the need and the, the churches. That's why they tend to put workers in, because they want to reach out and be in the community. So... I like a lot of our churches are doing messy church or cafe church that's not necessarily church on a Sunday but it's something that's easy to access and that the language and we're not using liturgy and stuff it's that everyday people can just come be part of it we feel like it's including people loving people um showing love and care that's what Jesus would want us to do we're not necessarily preaching the bible at them but um showing love and care and acceptance of people we, you've spoken already about being very open about your faith with not just what you wear, but what you say to people. What's that reaction been like? Do you find it easy to talk to people about faith, even if they're perhaps a bit more resistant or sceptical about it? Yeah, I, I, I do find it easy. Um, <laughs> I just it's not do. true of everybody, though, is it? It's no. not true of everyone. No, it's not. And But what's really encouraging, I think, is that I offer to pray for people. Maybe somebody's saying, oh, I'm having a really bad day uh, and something's going off. And I'll say, well, would you like me to pray? And more for you, I can do it now. We can do it study here. You don't need to do anything fancy. You don't need to shut your eyes. I don't need to use big words. Really easy, really straightforward. And more often than not, people will say yes. Um, very rarely do people say no. So I just see people and they say yes. And I just encourages me to keep going. And the power of prayer is so strong, isn't it? You know, we've heard lots of stories on this podcast and across the diocese of people's, you know, needs being met without even being aware that people are praying for them, not yes. just that they're praying for yeah. that situation. Yeah. Which I just think is, you know, a real encouragement and hopefully can persuade people to sort of be more prayerful. I know something I need to do more because there can be that worry or hesitancy perhaps that I don't think this will work or I don't think that what I'm praying for is going to happen. So... Something that I, I learned or I heard was that, you know, it's not it's not down to me. I I ask God to do it and it's not my problem if that prayer's not answered in a way that we expect it might be answered. And then I've also I have this way of praying that I think I think I know how God's gonna answer this prayer. So I'll say, Oh, I'll pray about this or let's pray for this and I think I know how God's gonna answer it. But then God answers it in a different way that like blows my mind that happens quite a bit so I think I know how God's going to work and obviously I don't know because I'm I'm in touch with God but like he doesn't tell me intimately his plans really <laughs> I don't know whether you realize what a gift that is to be able to just say to people I'd like to pray for you and then pray for him because uh, you, that that's I'm not going to say I'm not 
big, bigging you up or anything, but not everybody's like that. And I think it's really important that you accept that that is an incredible gift that you bring to your community, to the people around you, rocking up and saying, would you like me to pray for you? Yeah, and people, people say yes, which is a really, really amazing. Because quite often Christians don't offer because they think people are going to say no. But in yeah. your experience, they tend to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I wasn't always like this. I think this happened when I got paid to work in a church. <laughs> so before I was paid to do it, I didn't do it as much. But then I was paid and I thought, I'm paid to do it now. So I've got to do it. And then I just see that people need it. People are, are so desperate. You know, like they say, the fields are white to harvest that there's people with broken, hurting lives and and we can help. Jesus can help in that. So I'm like, well, why wouldn't we? And I think somebody recently said, if we had the cure to cancer, we'd be out there shouting it out. We've got the cure to death because we know Jesus and we, we believe in eternal life, life afterwards. So I'm like, so why aren't we? And it's not always easy. I, I, sometimes I feel God saying to me, pray for that person and I ignore it and then I kick myself afterwards um recently we've just been on a family holiday and there was a man by the pool and I was with my mum and she's a Christian and this man were coughing and coughing and coughing and we just guessed he he was ill it wasn't just a bad cough and so we got chatting to the family and then me and my mum looked at each other like we should be praying for that man <laughs> but we didn't really know him and like but my mum got an opportunity to talk to his wife and she couldn't pray for the man there and then, but she did offer that we will pray for him, that his, his cough gets better. So it's just simple and it doesn't need to be fancy and it doesn't need to be hyped up. Just, and listen to God. God, I'm, I'm getting used to hearing how God prompts me. So it's not a big shouting voice. It's just like a thought that comes into my head. And um, my, my strangest story is, I think, the day that God told me to go to McDonald's. So... Uh, I went to visit my mum and my mum wasn't in the house and the thought came into my head, go to McDonald's. And I thought that's God saying to me, go to McDonald's. But I knew my mum wasn't going to be at McDonald's. So I was like, well, I'm not going to go. So I had this like internal argument with myself and maybe God. And this, the urge was like, go to McDonald's. And it's literally a five minute drive away. And my mum does go to McDonald's, but I knew she wouldn't be there that day. So I thought, okay, I'll go to McDonald's. So I went to McDonald's, parked up, Walked in, knowing my mum wouldn't be there, and she wasn't there. Came back out, went to get in my car, and I've got on my car, um, it's the four points of the gospel. Uh, that's on my car. And the man next to me, getting in his car, said to me, hey, sister, are you a Christian? <laughs> and I was like, yes, I am. And he said, oh, I saw your sign on your car, the four points. And I'm like, yeah. And he said, I just want to encourage you, and I just want to tell you to keep going. And obviously, i like blown away, because God, intended me to go there to meet that man to be encouraged so yeah got I've got a weird wacky sort of sense of humor I think and uh my personality is a bit off the wall maybe a little bit but God speaks to me in those ways that I understand I think prayer's becoming intrinsic to you though because you mentioned initially it was I should be more outward about this because it's my job but I get the impression that beyond what you do here in the diocese that's just going to be coming you know second nature to you yeah yeah, I do. Uh, and like, I struggle with daily set prayer times, although I'm trying to do that more, um, using like lectionary online, so you can use morning and evening prayer, which is very nice. Um, 
It's a good way to get to sleep sometimes. Uh, I find praying is a very easy way to get to sleep, to be fair. But I try to pray like more uh, just daily in what I do. So like just just like we're talking now, that's how I would talk to God. I think that's a very effective way of doing it. And I think it's worth asking McDonald's for a potential sponsorship opportunity <laughs> given... We'll rock, up, we'll rock up and record a podcast in McDonald's yes. with, with a Christian t-shirt on, see what we get. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you went with that one. No, I'm not sure. But we've mentioned them, so I think no, it's only fair. So growing up, coming out through your teenage years, did your faith still remain as disarmingly frank as it is now? Did you go through difficult times? And then coming into, you know, getting married and bringing children, how did that faith journey go for you okay so um grew up uh, in church and at about 14 we went on a scripture union christian holiday camp Fab. do you remember those uh yes did you go on one well no i didn't get i didn't get saved until well into my 20s okay so um but yes i mean we did a lot of scripture union stuff with the kids work that i used to run and um yeah Send people. Yeah. They still run some scripture union holidays and stuff. So yeah. they send you away. Your parents send you away right. to mix with Christians that you don't know. Yeah. Uh, and stay a week or Monday to Friday, whatever. We stayed a week. But it was while I was there, about 14, um, I was sort of questioning about uh, who I was growing up and stuff. Um, and the speaker gave the appeal, like, if you want to know Jesus as your friend. Uh, and I thought, yeah, I think I do. Um, and I found some... I think it's 139, that Jesus, uh, God knit me together. He knew be, before I was born, he created me with a purpose. And that psalm really spoke to me, and it still does. And that crops up in the most unexpected place. So if I'm having a day doubting and feeling like maybe I'm not good enough, maybe I've not done things right, that psalm will pop up to reassure me. And that happens loads of times in the least likely places so uh, I think that's God just nudging me that he's with me so um 14 15 yeah um I wasn't really a wild teenager I liked going out party parties a bit but um I was quite a sensible some people might disagree but <laughs> I wasn't that bad um and so yeah getting married we got married uh so I knew Dave uh from church um and we got together, got married, had our children quite early. And so I've always been a Christian. I've always um, gone to church. Yeah. Uh, but I think as I've got older and I've seen uh, his plan sort of revealed. Uh, so so I've done different things, different jobs. And you felt like, oh, maybe this isn't God's plan. But actually it slotted together later in life so that... I can see part of where God's plan has been through my life, as it were, if that makes sense. No, it does make sense. It, it brings you to this point, doesn't it? And we, we meet a lot of different people on different journeys on the podcast, you know, and you get clergy that you, you think are all sorted, must have been Christians all their life, and you suddenly find that they weren't at all. They were, in fact, quite anti-Christianity yeah. and then have this moment. We've met people that have just been brought up in Christian families and just felt the presence of God all their lives. What the amazing thing is that God brings us on that journey and every journey is different, but he's always in and around it. And you can always look back and say, well, actually, yeah. at 14, when I went on that SU yeah. weekend or that week, that was for me at yeah. that time. 
yeah. there's lots of other people that may have been on that week and God's spoken to them in different ways as well and you, yeah. you know where they are now it's an extraordinary journey isn't it? it is it really is yeah it's amazing yeah and I think where we're sat now so in the the Minster View room in Church House I think it's a just talking about praying for the world in general it does give that interesting image so we're sat here perhaps in a bubble to an extent in Church House most people here are Christians but then the outside world's literally just there we're right by a busy road I think that's hopefully an encouragement to be more prayerful for those situations yeah. when you can see it out in front yeah. of you now as we can. Yeah, yeah. So going forward from here over the next few weeks and months, I can see you thinking, oh, well, he's going to ask me a question about what I'm going to do. What's the plans for Centenary Project going forward from here? I know it's a, um, there's some posts advertised around the place and stuff, but it's a project that's going to keep going and you're intimately involved in that. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your real feeling and, and vision for where you go over the next six to eight months, a year? And if you haven't got one, that's absolutely fine as well. Um, I think just to keep going with where I am at the moment, but I also feel that God's perhaps calling me into another area that I'm not quite sure about yet. So I'm just figuring out and discerning uh, where God might be leading. Wow. The word discernment came in. Oh, hello. All you needed was to mention vocation and we'd, have had a, we'd been able to ring the, the Words of Grace podcast bingo yeah. bell. Can we delve deep into that or is it still early? No, I just early... don't like it, man. That's <laughs> no, shake we're, just, we're just discerning. That's absolutely fine. Well, we look forward to, to seeing how that progresses and hearing more about it. So outside of, outside of um, praying for people on the streets, bumping into people, What's your life like? What's your favourite things to do with you or your family? You've got two older boys. Yeah, I've got, um, so I've got a boy down in Bournemouth with his wife and our granddaughter and our new grandson. Wow. And then I've got a boy who uh, lives in Doncaster, so not too far away. And we've got our 14-year-old daughter at home. Um, I was very excited that you're on a podcast. <laughs> who said, I haven't used my posh telephone voice ever. No, Maybe no, I have. No, no, have no, I not? You sound no. very authentic. That's all right. Very Yorkshire, which yes, is what we want for this That's podcast. great, yeah. I want yeah. to keep Clean my Yorkshire Paul posh ones on there. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, books, films, music, what sort of things do you like? Ooh. Do you, what sort of music do you like? Let's start there. Oh, that's, that's, ooh. You see, I could say worship music. <laughs> I do like worship music. I like all music except heavy rock. I don't like heavy rock really, but I like I like all music, so I'm quite happy listening to any music. I like a bit of Lauren Daigle. Yes, Christian. We, um, at Dev Day, we had Lauren Daigle playing in the background yeah, on the like, online section. Yeah, um, yeah, some great modern yeah, so music. I like Hillsong. I like I like all music. So there is so literally, I could put any music on, and I'm quite happy. Um, I was listening to is it um, is it Michael Morton, the Just One Thing Man, who wrote the book about doing one thing and singing every day is really good for you. So I love a good sing. I always have a sing in the car. Matt Redmond's another sort of oh, modern yeah. hymn writer as yeah. well. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, but outside of Christian music, what do you have uh, on the ridge? Or do you have worship tapes in the... In, no, tapes. Tapes? What's what sort of okay, host? Boomer. Hello, Boomer. <laughs> We've got a Boomer in the room. Worship. I've got, worship a, tapes. I've got a very nice new CD in my car. Yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah. Do you listen to the radio as well? Or? Yeah, I listen yeah. to uh, Radio 2. Of course you do. There we shout go. Out for them, yeah. Is that giving my, giving my age away? 
<laughs> Nothing wrong with Radio 2. And it's my birthday as well today. So. Of course. Many happy returns. Thank you very much. Doing anything nice this evening? Going out for a lovely meal, yeah, with the husband and friends. I like socialising, love people. So, uh, yeah, going out for something nice to eat, I think. And then hopefully I might be going down Bournemouth to see my new grandson. Uh, so that'd be very exciting. I'll bring me up by the first meeting. It will, yes. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. You've also mentioned here you can snowboard. I can indeed, yeah. Um, looking at me now, you're thinking, how, how, how is that possible maybe? But So my husband used to snowboard uh, with his friends years ago and he used to go on lads holidays when he was in his 20s, so I'm talking years ago. Um, and then we had... <laughs> <laughs> and then we had at Castleford, they brought the escape with the snow slope uh, and he used to work away quite a bit and uh, I thought, hmm... That's something I could learn. Then I could go on the lads' holidays too. So I learned how to snowboard like uh, 30 years ago, maybe 25 years ago. And we haven't done it for 15 years. And now our daughter's learnt. Um, so I had to go a few weeks ago to pick it up again after 15 years. Obviously, I'm 15 years older than I were. But I did it. I did it. I was quite pleased with myself. So, yeah. So I can snowboard. Uh, and we've been on a couple of family snowboarding holidays, which are great fun. Never given it a go. I'd like to, though. We should try it. I've been past the escape. It's hard work. It's quite... <laughs> sounds it. But uh, it's quite prominent, isn't it? The one in Castleford. Yeah. Sort of driven past yeah. it. So we'll be with you. Yeah, it's great. Night, yeah. And then there's cold water swimming. Mm. Yeah. So we, Ben will laugh at me now. I, I have a thing about when people say wild swimming. That's not... Well, I, I don't think it's wild swimming. It's just swimming outdoors. Richard Madeley moment. <laughs> but cold water swimming, what, what, what does that entail for you? It's like wild swimming. <laughs> No, it's not wild swimming. No, it's swimming. Swimming in cold water. So what do you do? Do you go out into lakes and, yeah. and rivers? Yeah. Do you do that regularly? Yeah, if I can. I've also... So it's difficult in Doncaster because we haven't got many <laughs> places that's accessible. Lakeside? Um, well, strictly speaking, you're not allowed to swim in any of those. Uh, but um, Steph, do you go swimming in near the lakeside? Oh, I can't say anything that might incriminate me. Yeah, okay. You refuse to confirm or deny. <laughs> <laughs> Good running spot around there, though. Good running around there. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know how run, like running. I have run. I used to run. I did 5K a couple of times. But uh, So cold water swimming. Um, yeah, I love it. So uh, it's become really like popular, hasn't it, at the minute, that everybody's doing it. But I used to do it years and years ago when I was little, when my granddad used to take us to Cleethorpes or the seaside. Um, and make us get in the freezing cold sea. Well, we used to go to the beach to go in the sea. <laughs> exactly. It wasn't a it's thing, the same was it? thing. Well, it is now. About it, but now they do. They write guidebooks about going to the seaside and getting in the sea. <laughs> exactly. So that's where it came from. So people say, "Oh, have you?" No, I've done it all my life. Like you say, right. when you go to the seaside, you have get to go in the sea. The sea. Yeah. That's the big family rule that's with right. us in the sea. So we get in the sea. Um, so yeah, and then I found some ladies that were doing it, and we joined up. And I think last February, we did three dips in a day. It was freezing. And we raised money for Mind Mental Health Charity. Fantastic. Uh, I think we raised £5,000. But we we did three dips. And one of them was in Crooks Valley Park. Which isn't far from here. Oh, yes. Because you can swim in that. People do swim in that a lot, yeah. usually. Yeah. I've been Just in there. the Arts Tower overlooking yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. it's Next not so great because it's in the city centre. Yeah. Um, there's a few more places out. In the Peak District, that's beautiful. So, yeah, I like being in nature. Uh, I like being in the cold water. I've got a tub at home that uh, if I'm feeling like I need a dip, so I'll probably dip three times a week, go and sit in it for five minutes with a cup of tea, sort of resets your mind. And uh, it's, 
It's a bit like being still, and I like to try and talk to God in the cold water as well. well it's takes... a good, good place to sit and listen. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's <laughs> so Sitting with a cup of tea in the cold water tub, <laughs> listening to God. Absolutely. What could beat that? I don't think much can beat that. No. Steph, it's been so fantastic to chat to you. Thank you for having me. No, you were quite nervous before you started. But I was very nervous. You're absolutely fine. It's been and great. Your personality shone through, I think, especially the, the prayerful side of him. That's a real encouragement to all of us. And everything that you do and everything the Centenary Project does is definitely to be celebrated. You know, people like Sarah Beardsmore, who's the CP manager, but all CP workers, everyone involved. I think it's been a real blessing to the diocese. So keep praying for people. Keep pushing that face on and don't, don't, don't stop doing what you're doing is what I would definitely say. Thank you. It's a real gift. And um, so everyone out there, if you bump into Steph, just say, will you pray for me? She'll pay for you. Does it straight off the, straight off the drop of the hat? And uh, we'll work on some mugs, perhaps, then, essentially. I think so. Do you reckon mugs would be the thing? Uh, I think so. In competition with CP mugs. Not competition. No, no. In association In with. In association. Okay. Yes. And you can have one. Oh, thank you, you very have, much. Yeah. Definitely do it then now. Yeah, starring... I know a guy who can sort it. <laughs> uh, so if you do want to get in touch with the podcast, we've had a couple of recent emails which have been fab. Words of grace at uh, sheffield.anglican.org. Um, we've got... Oh, this is going out before Christmas. It uh, is. Then, yeah. We've got a Christmas special coming up as well, haven't we? We have. It's going to involve a harp. Yeah. Special guests. Yeah. Special Multiple guests. guests. Yeah. We, we're planning it at the moment and uh, we're going to get... Uh, few people few friends of the podcast a few other people together have a bit of a christmas party so i'm looking forward to that immensely and we're already planning we've got some january dates lined up as well we have got some very interesting um dates in january so we will have a break after christmas but we will be back in january weekly on a tuesday and obviously as the year goes on more specials as well planned definitely anyway good to speak nice to see you ben you thanks steph so much for coming thank you no problem bye